Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Drew Holcomb. Make sure you've grabbed a copy of his new album, Dragons. It's so good. He's out on tour. It's one of my favorite shows I've seen in a long time. So make sure you go and check him out, drewholcomb.com. Today on the show is one of my dear friends here in Nashville, Kelly Minter. Kelly is such a strong teacher, a good friend, a powerful voice for justice. And now she's also a cookbook writer. Listen, if there's one thing, there's a lot of things I love about Kelly Minter. But if there's one thing I love about Kelly Minter, it is her garden and the way she uses her garden. It is amazing. Her new book is called A Place at the Table. It's amazing recipes along with some great essays. And I just absolutely love it. So it was super fun for us to get to sit down in the new office and chat. And I think you're going to enjoy this. So here's my conversation with our friend Kelly Minter. Okay, 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. did you ever dream you'd run a business? No. Right. No, not at all. I really just wanted to do ministry and, (laughs) you know, connect with people, which I still get to do, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't thinking this. I wasn't thinking leading or or even managing people, too, which has been... And now how many employees do you have now? Um, I have, not including, like, my band and all of those people, um, just you know, two right now. Yeah. And they Mm -hmm. come to your house? No, we, we have, um, office space right near Belmont university. Oh, do you? I didn't know you had an office mm -hmm. too. Okay. Tell me the tricks. What do I not know about having an office? So, uh, just make sure you've got plenty of stuff in the fridge. Yeah. We don't have a fridge yet, uh, but we will. When when you have that fridge, you're going to be rocking and rolling. Yeah. 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 So, uh, no, I honestly being, and and there are other, uh, people that work there because I'm kind of like I'm in there with my church too. Oh, cool. We've got a house, which yeah. is really fun. Yeah. And so I'm upstairs. I got my own office space upstairs. Oh, but then when brilliant. I get lonely, I go down and I talk to people. And yeah. it just, it makes me feel like I'm at work, which yes. I needed. I needed, I needed to get work out of my house and I needed to get my house back to my house. How long did you work from home? M- my whole life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I just made the switch about a year ago mm-hmm. and it has been such a huge change for me. Yeah. So for some of my, some of our friends who are listening that have their own business in one way or another, an Etsy store or they're writing or how do they know, what was your tension point where you went, I've, I've got to get out of my house. You know, I didn't know that I had to, uh, it was, it was, it was so awesome. My church, uh, had said, Hey, we got this house. We've got this space. We've got space upstairs. You're welcome to use it if you want to. And so I thought, well, you know what? So I went up and it was a really cool room and you know, this part of Nashville is really cool and just great. And so I went up and I put some things in it and then I started going over there and I realized, oh my goodness, I'm more productive. Mm -hmm. I am more focused. It's helping me plan better. I don't feel so lonely. I I didn't realize how lonely I was feeling. So I can stay up there for three hours, four hours writing, come downstairs, have lunch with people, walk down to a coffee shop, come back. And then, but then the reverse is awesome. Not just getting work out of your house, but getting your life back in your house. So oh, then wow. when I come home, I'm like, oh, I'm just home. I'm not working here. Yeah. I can read. I can relax. I can watch television, whatever. You know, I can cook. Yeah. So it was really, really helpful for me to split. But I didn't realize it until I'd gotten the opportunity to get yeah. out of it. And now, Annie, I'm not Can't going go back. back. No. I know. Mm-mm. I moved in. I bought a condo a year ago, actually, in August. And I, it's, I've never worked there. Good like, I mean, I, I check my email there sure, and that kind of stuff and sure. like sometimes record shows there, but 
I've never had an office there. Uh-huh. And I, like when I bought it, I was like, oh, good. Just small enough that I can never work from here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> never yeah. have employees here. Yeah. And I love having people at my house, but when I want them there, you yes. know what I mean? And yeah. I love having people in the workspace because yeah. it's just it writing. And you know this writing is lonely business. And Bible study studying for hours and hours and hours at a time. And I'm also teaching a local Bible study. So all of Every that. Week. Yeah. Yes. I just started. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kelly. D- oh ten weeks gosh. this fall. Uh-huh. uh-huh. For, through your church? Yes. Uh-huh. What are you teaching? I am teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. So have you already written this study before or are you doing a brand new thing? Well, I did this. Uh, I taught the Sermon on the Mount last year at my Cultivate events. Yeah. And it was just so fun. And then I really wanted to dig deeper. And because at Cultivate, I've got three 50-minute sessions to teach, which is a lot. And I love that. Wait, Cultivate is over two days. Yeah, Friday night and then Saturday till 1230. Okay, we're talking about that. Keep going. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, but teaching, having 10 weeks to dig into the Sermon on the Mount is is great. So yes, I've already been studying it for quite a while, but no, I don't have 10 yeah. messages like in my back pocket. You know, So this is good for me, but it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of studying and a lot of writing. And I need to be around people when yeah. I'm doing that because it gets lonely for What's your Instagram number? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. So I am a one. You're a one. I'm a okay. one. Yeah. That's which is great. no, I, I think it's, it's it feels like the most miserable number on that. Everyone on that thinks chart. their Do number they is the that? most yeah. miserable. Okay. That's how right, you know good. you're right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So like things to kind of I'm not overly structured in certain areas, but in other areas, I feel like uh, yeah. Kind of yeah. like things just, to be a certain must be way. Very social and, one, um, which is great. To yeah, meet people. I'm a one-on-one one. Oh, how about it. that? Yes, yes, wow, yes. I wonder yes. if anybody's said that before. Yeah, if they don't, uh, if they don't want to say sexual, say, that's yeah. right. That's why I'm too. I'm like a, I'm a one-to-one seven. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So I like, but I do. I love people, but I like, I like meaningful yeah. small groups of of people. Yeah, is typically, what I love. Will you talk a little bit? This is a tension I face too, but it matters a ton to me of how you do global ministry and ministry on the road, but you also prioritize your local church. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's huge for me. So a, a few different things there. First of all, I don't. I got to the point where I realized I was doing Christianity in a test tube. Mm. And not what for does that a, look like? Well, just where I was studying and I was teaching and I was writing, but it was all separated from real life. And I I didn't, I'm not saying I did that for a long time. It just, you know, you start to get busy and you realize all of a sudden, wait a minute, I'm kind of doing this sort of like professional Christianity that's somehow separated, you Mm -hmm, know? And I, mm -hmm. and uh, several years ago, I thought I cannot let that happen because all of my writing and all of my teaching came out of real life stuff. Right. But I don't want to, I don't want to lose ever lose real life. And so that's when I realized I needed a major commitment to my local church, not just attending on Sunday mornings, which I have always prioritized that, but where I'm serving. And I'm actually with real people where I'm teaching, you know, I'm I'm in the middle of all of it and we're having conversations and I'm seeing where the scriptures is really meeting people real life, which Sermon on the Mount, that's going to be a real fascinating experience for me to, to see how that is engaging with people because Jesus' words are meant for us right now, yeah. you know. So, uh, yeah. Are you teaching so men and church. women? Uh, this is a women's Bible study. Okay. So, um, yeah, occasionally I will um, teach on Sunday mornings, but yeah. um, for the most part, um, just my 
I feel like my passion is, is women. Yeah. I love one of the benefits we have of growing up right behind Beth Moore is she set, well, there's a million, but one of them is she set the precedent that we're, we don't speak on Sunday mornings and um, on the road. Yes. That, that conferences don't go through Sunday afternoon anymore because yes. we, because she wanted to be home on Sunday mornings. Uh-huh. All of her stuff ends on Saturday afternoons. And so then it's almost like all the retreats and conferences went, oh, oh. okay. Yes. Well, if the speaker doesn't want to speak until Sunday morning, we're not going to be able to go until Sunday morning. Right. Exactly. And I feel like that changed like... For me, it makes a way for me to not miss church on Sundays. It really does. And it's so important to me to be there me with too. friends, to see family on Sundays, to have that yeah. that real life place of ministry. Yes, is huge. So that, yeah, that's something that uh, I've really prioritized. And I'm super excited about getting this launched this, yeah. this fall. I love it too. I think for people who are, a lot of people listening to us, there are probably a lot who want to be writers and speakers. And I just always remind people, if you want to write in the Christian space and you want mm-hmm. to speak in the Christian space, serving locally at your local church is the way that God opens doors for Absolutely. the next Absolutely. 100%. And that's exactly what I tell everybody that I speak to, that yeah. you really do bloom where you're planted and yes. the Lord makes a way. Yes. And it's isn't it interesting that for both of us, even as we go out, we are always looking to get back in, yes. in, our, in our community yep. and in our, in our churches and that we see that as really in some ways the highest yeah. privilege and calling. I This week is a perfect example of my involvement at church because tonight I'm speaking at the college event and tomorrow night I'm going to my racial reconciliation small group. That right? is so awesome. So it's like, well, two of my nights this week are uh-huh. with church. Yeah. But then I also will go on the come to the table tour and do, you know, like I have the outside yes. stuff, but I just, I, the longer I do this, the more I think what changes people's lives forever mm-hmm. is what happens week to week in a local church, what changes people's, what is a catalyst, yes. maybe the conference. Right. But what, what can sustains lasting difference mm-hmm. is what happens on Sunday to Sunday and during the week. And that weekly local. community, a hundred percent, because that's where we get to really walk with people. That yeah. that's the thing. And I love what you said that the, it doesn't take away from what we're doing. And Gosh, you know, I love no. come to the yeah. table. I love all of those. It doesn't take away what we're doing at these conferences because you and I know growing up, you go to a Beth Moore and like the Lord, speaks, he does something at an event like that, Mm -hmm. that really alters your course at a certain point in your life. But then you got to go back and walk that out within local community. Yeah. I have to remind myself of that. I can find myself when I'm really busy on the road feeling like, do these even matter? Do these even matter? Not that like next Saturday doesn't matter, but what are we doing? Yes. And then moments like that where I go, well, actually Beth Moore changed my life. Yes. On a Saturday morning. Right. In 2001. Yes, she did. And so I can remember how much those weekends matter. Yes. And so it's just an honor we get to be a part of them. Yeah, and that both are so important. And I think sometimes I, yeah, forget one or the other, the importance of So you used to do women's conferences and all that. And you do some of that too. I was stalking your schedule today. But so much of what you do is your Cultivate events. Yes. Uh How did, when did you switch from, let me come and be a part of what you've planned Uh to, hey, we've actually got this whole thing ready for you. Yeah. If you want to bring your, if we can come to your church and you can invite your women to this full two day thing. Right. Well, I was, I was out, you know, tons and tons of dates a year. And uh, you know Bethany Bordeaux, yeah, you yeah, guys, yeah. she's a great violinist and it w- worked with me for years and still travels with me playing violin. But the two of us were out on the road and I'm like, I am exhausted. And yeah. I feel like I'm only getting 35 minutes here to share or 20 minutes or somebody wants me to sh- 
talk on the Old Testament. Oh, now they want me over here talking about this in the New Testament. Uh-huh. And and so we began to think about what if we were able to come up with an event where all of our strengths were utilized and where we could really streamline the event. Oh, and I'm wow. a Bible teacher. That's what yes. I love to do. And I need time yes. to teach. I need... You want those three sets of 50 I minutes. I want those three 50-minute yeah. sets. I, I can't... You give me 20, 25 minutes, I don't even know what to do, you know? Yeah. And so... I've barely got my jokes done yeah, yeah, in yeah, 25 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Because we are hilarious. Because we're hysterical. We are so funny. Uh, but I needed the time to teach, and I wanted to design that. And then, like, worship. I love acoustic worship. Uh-huh. Bethany on violin. We've got a keyboard, or, you know, piano player, acoustic guitar, and where I can hear the voices in the room. Yeah. So we do hymns, but we also do, obviously, contemporary music, but where everybody's singing and you can hear it, and it's it's not like this at-you music. Uh-huh. It's really beautiful, very Nashville in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then it was our opportunity to really lift up the work of Justice and Mercy International, where I'm yes. going to the Amazon every year, I'm going to the Moldova, and we were able to lift that up and just... I could do it because it was our event, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then we've got a couple times of prayer, but, uh, one corporate, one like a guided prayer time. We really wanted prayer to be a significant part. So it's just prayer, why? word, worship, and mission. Oh, um, Tell me why. Why, why does prayer, prayer matter so much? Well, I just felt like, okay, we're going to be taking in the Word of God. We're going to be worshiping. We're going to be talking about mission. Why would we not take the time together corporately yeah. to ask God to do something in our midst? And it was a real risk for me at first because I thought, I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to ask women, who a lot of them who don't know each other, yeah. to turn around and get in circles of like six to seven people and pray out loud for oh, things. Wow. And I know, That's right? That's so brave. Well, I was so... And I, I hate to say, I was really afraid to do it the I first time. I would be too, man. And so I got it all going. And then I went down and I joined a group. And the very first one, Cultivate, we did uh, five years ago, girls just started crying in the, you know, just, wow. just confessing their fear, confessing. And then you had older women in the groups like, hey, I've been there, you know. Yeah. And and so we, it's funny, I don't pull this out until the it's the dead last thing that we do of the uh-huh, event. Uh-huh. Because... I don't want people to like freak out. Yeah, and at yeah, that yeah. point, they're at the end. That's They've right. gone this far. That's they can right. do one more thing. And I've had I've had women in their 80s come up to me and say, I have never prayed out loud oh my with anyone. This was such an incredible experience. I thank you so much yeah. for that. And uh and we have had some really, really, really significant stories come out of yeah. what happened in those prayer times. I don't, and we'll never know all that yeah. happens there. So, but we we wanted the we wanted cultivate to be very, very accessible and warm and inviting, and we wanted it to be beautiful but simple. And uh-huh. that's why we're like, it's the word of God, it's worship, it's prayer, it's mission. Yes, that's what you're going to get on a Friday night, Saturday morning. And then you just call churches uh, that you know and love and say, hey, we'd love to come do this. Well, it sort of. <laughs> I don't know that it worked out exactly like yeah. that. It was about six or seven years ago that, I, yeah, I knew I needed to change my schedule. Yeah, I wanted to do more local ministry. And so I thought, okay, instead of being out X amount of weekends, yeah. I could do 10 cultivates a year. And yeah, we just began to talk about it and let people know about it. And churches began to call us yeah. and say, hey, we'd love to bring this event in. And now yeah. we're going to we're gonna do a few with Lifeway next year, which I'm oh, really good. excited about yeah. and see how that works. But it's been a it's been a s- slow, I hate to use the term that's been used so much, but it has been an organic, just kind of People growth use that thing. A lot. Yeah. Great. So yeah. yeah, it's just been an organic growth. And we've sponsored 
oh man, probably 400 jungle pastors in the Amazon. <gasps> you are lying to me. It is amazing. 400 pastors yeah, are getting else, paid to do their job. Well, they're getting paid to come to our conference every year. Got it. Okay. Yeah, which is, covers all their expenses. And it's an amazing, amazing thing for them for the week. Yeah. And you got these jungle pastors that are traveling five, six days away just oh, to get to gosh. our conference. And they're doing that by boat. And so we're getting them there. We're training them. We're equipping them. We're feeding them. Um, their wives, missionaries, you know, pastors of all different kinds. Uh, it's it's interdenominational. Yeah. So we've got all different denominations represented at this. Is it once a year? It's actually because of Cultivate, we were able, able to add a second, and we're about to add a third. Oh, and we have gosh. over a hundred coming to each one, all different at each one. It's, it's it's incredible. What year did you start Justice and Mercy International? Uh, so I didn't start that, but uh, that started 15 years ago. Okay. I started working with them 10 years ago. Yeah, because I was so, going to... Here's a memory I have. Yeah. We were in your house. Okay. And Melanie Shankel was in town. Oh, yeah. And you had just gotten back from a trip. It wasn't that you had never been before, but you were bubbling. The idea was bubbling of like, what does it look like? for me to get really involved with this. Yes, exactly. I just remember it super clearly. For some reason, we were standing around the um, island in your kitchen. Well, I know why you remember it clearly, because the president of the record label that I was with who had started the Amazon work, he was dying of stomach cancer. And he came to me and said, what would you think of taking this over? And I thought, I love this work, but I I don't know how to take over a ministry in the Amazon. And then that's when we handed it to Justice and Mercy International because they were already working in Moldova. Okay. And then my best friend who was at Lifeway uh, at the time, she uh, came over, Mary Catherine Hunt, and became the Uh executive director of JMI. And then after going to the Amazon, all these trips, then she pulled me over to Moldova, which is a whole other thing, was the highest percentage of kids trafficked. In the world. In the world, coming out of Moldova. Now, not not highest number, highest percentage, because it's such a small country. But This is an uneducated thing to say. Where is Moldova? Okay, no, it's not at all. Eastern Europe? You you win the prize today. Annie, that is amazing. Well, I just went with what it sounded like (laughs) and what I know of my few friends who've been there. Yes. I'm like, I feel like it's in Eastern Europe. So it's the size of Maryland. It sits right between Romania and the Ukraine. Okay. And we've got transitional living homes there for kids that are getting out of orphanages, kids that are in unspeakably awful environments. We're trying to stop the trafficking before it happens. Yeah. So you've got... Um, Why IJ, Moldova? I mean, Why is it so bad? It's the poorest, one of the poorest countries. Okay. I think so it is the poorest problem. country. Yes, and uh, a lot of corruption okay. at the top. And uh, it's so, so poor. So what's happened, you know, it's easy prey. The, pr- the predators come and they see these kids getting out of orphanages and say, hey, we've got a job for you in Poland or in Italy. And then the child goes off with this person. And it's, of course, not a job at all. Right. And so, uh, but, but there's other issues there too, just getting these kids jobs and obviously getting them the gospel. Getting them the right. hope of Jesus. Right. So we're doing all that work there. And so we're also getting hundreds of kids sponsored in Moldova, oh not just the jungle pastors in yeah. the Amazon. So what it, countries are you working in with the pastors? That's Brazil. Okay. It's mm-hmm. all Brazil. It's all just Brazil, okay. right in uh right how I was gonna say right outside of Manaus, but honestly, our pastors are scattered. Yeah. Uh, we're actually private 
planing some of these guys oh in gosh. from deep in the jungle. We're sending private planes to get them. It's so awesome. I mean, can you, who it's else so teaches awesome. at the conferences with you? For the well, past so Angela Thomas Farr yeah. has been doing um, a I lot of those her. with us, which who we just love. And is it male and female it's pastors? It's male and female. Yeah, it's, okay. it's just kind of, yes, it's just all, all families. So however that's okay. represented or um, single. Like there's Got a it. lot of female or male missionaries that are single. Okay. Um, we, My dad comes with me, 75. Yeah. He's teaching. We've got um, Jeff Simmons here out of Nashville, Pastor Rolling Hills with us. Um, all I love all kinds Hills. of different. Yeah, love it. Love it. Uh, so all different types of trainers and teachers that that are coming. And it's just, it's my favorite week of the year. It's I mean, camp just in the Amazon. back to when we were standing in your kitchen. Could you have right. ever dreamed that you'd be running three pastor training conferences in Brazil? No, no. And thank the, thank the Lord that we've got uh, indigenous staff on the ground that's yeah. really running it. At yeah. this point, you know, I'm getting there and I'm helping raise the awareness. And that these women, I mean, who sponsors Jungle Pastors? Right. Let's just be honest. I mean, I remember we were just going to do Moldova. Mm-hmm. And this is the honest truth. This was five years ago because we didn't think nobody's going to sponsor a pastor yeah. to a conference. Yeah. Well, we had run out of kids in Moldova at the time. They didn't get the packets for us oh, ready wow. at the time. And so we thought, well, we really need these pastor I mean we're seeing what God's doing in the Amazon with these jungle pastors it's amazing yeah and so we tried it and I'll never forget I I I talked about them and then we took a break and I went into this back room and somebody comes running back into the back room and goes okay Kelly jungle pastors are flying off that table out there and (laughs) it was like the happiest moment of my life like okay this is amazing and uh we've been going with it ever since and so that is that is hats off to the amazing women all across this country that are generously sacrificing yeah. for all of these people in both of these countries. And I praise God for it because it's just incredible. able to do so much. It's just almost mind-blowing it is. to think about that that many lives are being affected by the women who are coming to Cultivate, and you just thought of Cultivate one day. Well, see, but that... <laughs> Yeah, well, I it's wish that it was I mean, that. Yeah. I mean, but that is how it goes. Like, yeah. you're going like, what if we did this? Yeah. And then a lot of people get involved and a lot of people help. And we, the thinkers yeah. of the idea, become the least important person in the room. Okay, there we go. Yes, yes, exactly. yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah. I am, trust me, well, I know. But you just go, I, I can't believe all oh, this Oh, it's because it's happening. all him. It's all him. And that I, I hope that that's encouraging for listeners because I, I listen, I mean, Annie, you know me fairly well and- I'm not going to lie. I mean, this has not been an easy venture. Yeah. Cultivate has not been. And it has been disappointing in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it has been hard and it has been difficult to be in a new place where I'm managing people and then the nonprofit and then right. partnering as friends with your best friends to do this and trying to figure all of that out. And it has not been an easy road. And right. and I can say with every single cell in my being that it has all been the Lord. Yeah. I mean, and I, that's not a humility thing. That is like a, oh, no. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about the office, about the book. I'm just like, exactly. oh, it, it's the Lord. Yeah. I didn't do exactly. this. I mean, we persevere. We're obedient, yes. hopefully. Yeah. We do it well some days. We do it real, real bad or some days, at least I do. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. He does bless obedience to him. Yeah. And, and, and whatever that looks like, it doesn't always look the way yeah. that we think, but he does bless obedience. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does. And um, so I'm grateful for that.
Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Kelly to tell you about our friends over at Rothy's. Y'all, just a couple weeks ago when I was on the Come to the Table tour, a woman came up to me in the meet and greet and immediately pointed at her shoes and I knew they were Rothy's and they were so cute. I know you guys have heard of this company that makes stylish shoes for women and girls out of recyclable plastic water bottles. They're insanely comfortable and machine washable. Rothy's has quickly grown into a most loved gotta have them brand. And it's no surprise they have over a thousand nearly perfect reviews. I absolutely love mine. I'm shopping around for my second pair, but my first ones, my pink ones, I think are so comfortable and I absolutely love it. I think flats are perfect for the fall and they're so stylish and versatile that Rothy's shoes go everywhere with you from yoga to the evening to work, wherever you're headed. They come in a wide range of colors and patterns and they're available in actually four different silhouettes. Plus, they're constantly launching new styles, which is why I'm playing around on their website a lot. So you're guaranteed to find a pair or three that you love. And they come with free shipping and free returns or exchanges. So there's no risk and no worries and really no reason not to try. So you guys head to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash sounds fun to get your new favorite flats. They're comfortable, stylish, and sustainable. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. So head to rothys.com slash sounds fun today. And now back to the show with Kelly. As a single woman, both of us being, yes. I assume you're unmarried, unless you got married secretly Anna, behind my didn't back. didn't I tell you? You didn't hear? Come on, girl. That <laughs> day will be so fun when you're like, I am like, oh, by the way. <laughs> by the way, That's very married. So um, what is it like for you? We aren't going to talk about singleness, by the way. I just want, so even if you don't want to answer this question, No, no, no. To, Good, give it to me. That's fine. I just, that is a lot to carry for, for uh-huh. one person. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about that in my life, yes, my tendency is if I'm dating someone or if I like someone or if we're, I'm in a relationship with someone, I can lean pretty heavy. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. I can rest. Uh, right. Oh, someone's going to help me carry this. Uh-huh. So someone's listening who wants to create something new, a ministry or mm-hmm. start kind of working in that way. And it's a man or a woman who's like, well, I guess I just carry this by myself. Yes. How does the Lord fill in all the gaps in that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, God, that's a huge question and one that I've been wrestling with a lot. I Me think too. that there are some times that he, I do think that a lot of times he fills in the gaps himself, you mm-hmm. know, where you just really see him do something or even they just feel like gaps, but somehow you keep going and there yeah, are gaps. Yeah. And that's the thing is that the <laughs> gaps don't get filled in sometimes, yeah. but you're able to somehow keep doing what you're doing, but you go, but there are gaps. Gaps here, gaps, Lord, Lord. You know, yeah. Um, but then he does bring people, and yeah. he does, and that, and and that's what's been probably the hardest challenge for me over the last few years, is finding and having those people that you can really trust, that are really incredible, yeah. that fit your personality and all of those different dynamics that can really come alongside mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've been praying for that because I've been reading through the Bible in a year, and it's pretty interesting how many leadership principles there are they're hidden it's just part of the narrative yeah but you see oh that guy had like 20 soldiers 
And yes. that guy had an assistant with a sword, and that guy had a, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. And you begin to We should to get realize, our people swords. I'll yes. get Jenna's sword. I you mean, get your girl's sword. That's the thing. Yeah. And and you go. And then even even uh, this was so fascinating to me because one day I was on an airplane, and I was crying yeah. just out of exhaustion and just yeah. not feeling like I had what I needed. And please tell me you've cried on an uh, airplane for that. All same the reason. airplanes. Okay. Okay. Yes. So all yes. that. I wish we had been on the same one. I we know, I'm been like, like Annie, come here I to get me. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I'm crying and saying, and I'm reading in Acts where um, Cornelius, uh, Peter, you know, Cornelius has this vision and it's like the gospel is about to go out to the Gentiles. And it was the funniest thing because I'm like, I noticed that Cornelius sends his servants or his or his assistants or whatever you yeah. want to call them to Peter yeah. to then bring the gospel message back. And I thought, okay, Lord, I get it. I get that this is not about having an assistant and this is not about like organization or leadership. And this is about your gospel going to the Gentiles. However, <laughs> Cornelius had two or three really, really awesome people yes. that he could count on yes. that were going to get there and bring Peter back. Amazing. Yes. You know, and so I have been seeing just the power of delegation and of partners and of raising up other, other leaders. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like I wasn't looking to do, I wasn't uh, looking to be a leader or nope. a business owner or those things. Yes. And it has been so hard and so good to be able to say, okay, you, you have a gift here. Yeah. Now I'm going to need you to take these five things and roll with them. Yes. And you know how to be an encourager and how to be gracious when things don't work out the yes. way that you hope. And as a yes. as a one on the yeah. Enneagram, it's like, but that didn't go like yep. I was supposed to go. Yep. That that's not what the sheet said. Yeah, you know, that's right. Whatever. And go, okay, okay. And so it's just been a huge growth, huge yeah. growth for me recently. Yeah. But the teamwork thing is huge. So I would just ask the Lord, ask the Lord for, um, you know, back to your original question 20 minutes ago, no, you're doing, this is great. ask the Lord for people to come alongside yeah. you. And whether that is a spouse or that's a best friend or it's a volunteer, uh, the Lord has patched those gaps for me in the most unique ways. That's it. And then there are still some gaps, right? That he just leaves there for, all kinds of sanctifying reasons. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's such a good point, Kelly. I don't know that I'd have known how to say that, that like sometimes God leaves gaps and it is on purpose. Mm -hmm. It is not an accident, but mm -hmm. our job is to persevere mm -hmm. even in the gaps, but to look mm -hmm. at who he's brought around to help you carry what you have. Yeah. And yeah. be really grateful for that. That's so good. Um, you love having people at your house, by the way. Oh yeah. I just, Annie, don't you well, you need to come over to my house. I know. House, I do then. need to come. To, well, your garden and always calls me from the, a distance. I'm yes. always like, I bet Kelly's got good stuff coming out of that garden. And football season's coming up. I yes. will have soups and chilies on. Oh, so, I'm coming. Okay, you and need to And I'm off the road come. the whole fall. Did you <gasps> oh, know that? This is yeah, so easy. I took the fall off the road. No. Yeah, the Lord told me to last fall. I don't totally wow. know why. I, I was well, to come over it. to my house yes, and right. eat. Yeah. So far, it's been that Saturdays mattered. Right. That things keep happening on Saturdays that I'm glad I'm here for. Wow. But yeah, last fall, the Lord said, you're going to want to be home next fall. And I was like, I think I'm tired. And I called my whole, I called Lisa, who, an agent wow. we share. I called my assistant at the time and another leader for me. And I was like, this may be the Lord. And, our, and I said, well, y'all just pray for the weekend. And everybody prayed over the weekend. And on Monday, we came back together and I was like, that's the Lord. You're supposed wow. to be off the road next fall. That's so, awesome, Annie. I don't know what it's about, but we're watching. The fun thing is I can't hide it. 
So whatever no. he's about to do, he's about to do in front of all of us. Yes. So I just don't, I just don't know what it's about. So I'm home. So well, I'm you're home. Over. So you need to come over. You totally do. And I'm doing Cultivate. So I'm not out every single yeah, week yeah, again, yeah. which is such a blessing. Yep. And so, yeah, I love entertaining. I love cooking for people. I love, well, it's back to, we were talking, I, I, I always chart extrovert, uh-huh. but I'm not big crowd extrovert. Right. I am like, okay, four of you yeah, <laughs> come yeah, over, yeah, right. you know, five of you, one of you. Yep. I love yep. meaningful conversations and just being with, with people that I know and care for. Yeah. So. Where is your garden at this point in the year? The oh, the, the it's pretty much, at the, yeah, it's pretty much at the end. I mean, I, you get in a few tomatoes still and Did my you have flowers. A good summer? No, you know, I didn't. And I think the problem is, is that I, I had five, I have five huge raised beds in my backyard. I've got an irrigation system. Like I really went you for really it. You really did I it. Went, I know. I totally went for it. But the problem is, is that it, you're supposed to shift your, you know, you're not supposed to plant your tomatoes in the same spot every year right. or your cucumbers. And then you've got your nightshades and there's all this stuff. Yep. And so this is my seventh year. It's probably a biblical principle. Aren't you supposed to let <gasps> you the land rest? You didn't get you're supposed to let the land rest. <laughs> you jubilee in the backyard or something. I don't know. <laughs> it but, was your Sabbath year. That's why. <laughs> that's you should have asked me in May and I, I know, told should have taken off. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I think that I'm having issues with pests and blight and all kinds of stuff. But I think it's because I'm planting a lot of the same stuff in the same places. But I'll tell you what's crushed it for me the last two years are my zinnias, my flowers. Really? Oh, crushed. I could have... I could have had a little stand. Like I could have made probably 25 bucks a day. Taking like, it down to the 12 South Farmer's taking Market? taking it down there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's Amelia's. I could have had Kelly's down oh, there. Just the yeah. So actually, but it's been a sweet thing. I actually, a um, na- uh, neighbor of mine is going through a really hard time right now that I just found out. And so it's a sweet thing because I don't hardly know her, but enough where I ran into her and she yeah. told me how hard things are. Yeah. So I can go into my backyard today, clip like 10 flowers, put them yeah. in a little vase, and then put them on her doorstep with a note. So I do love stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, I do. Can we talk about your new book, Speaking of Cooking? Yes, I would love it. A Place at the Table. It comes out tomorrow, technically. Yeah, right. Congratulations. I'm super excited. Thank That's you. Really fun. Thank you. I mean, I again, I think it just feels like when we look at a decade or two decades of your life, the Lord has been setting you up for a cookbook. Yeah. I, who knew? I know. Not me. I know. <laughs> Not me. For sorry, let me brag on your book and then I'll ask you questions about it. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. The pictures are beautiful. The food looks beautiful. And I love that your writing is sprinkled in amongst the um, recipes. Oh, I wrote a whole book in a book. Yes. (laughs) I love that. What, when you dreamed it up, did you go like, Hey, listen, I'm still Kelly. I've got to write words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, essentially, we were trying to figure out how we were going to organize it. Because, you know, all cookbooks... The organizing is brilliant. Oh, well, I'm so glad you think so. Because we were sort of like, this is a little rogue, but... No, I loved it. You know, because you've got... A lot of times you come to a cookbook and it's got your your vegetables or your grains, your pastas, your meats. and Because you do need those things organized. You can't be digging through. But what we decided to do was story theme it. Yeah. And so... Uh, I start with a story and I have nine essays that I tell, you know, and then at the end of each story that goes into recipes that yeah. that are themed yeah. uh, accordingly. But if you're organized like me and you need to know where your stuff is, we have an appendix. So yes. if you want to know where your chicken dishes are, your pasta dishes, you can find everything really easily. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we decided to story drive it, which I is, and it was fun for me too, because in my Bible studies, 
you know, you're doing a Bible study. So it's not the time to talk about certain things. And this gave me an opportunity to share more of just my life. And, and then I, I uh, paired or I I wrote it with a chef in town, this uh, woman, Regina Pinto. How did you partner with her? So she's amazing. She grew up in Brazil and has, I met her in church of all things. And then we started going to the Amazon together because Uh she speaks Portuguese. So it's her native language. So she comes to our jungle pastors conferences, translates, helps cook, all this. But what's crazy is that she started a chocolate company right out of her house a number of years ago, turned it into a brick and mortar right here in Nashville, Tennessee, sold her desserts into Arrington Vineyards, some of the top... um, (gasps) Did she used to do the chocolate? She did the the truffles. She was the one that would pair the wine and the chocolate and figure out what would go together, put their logo on it, the whole nine yards, um, has done hotels, restaurants, all incredible. And then a number of years ago, a few years ago, uh, her daughter... Uh, had a, a special needs grandchild. Uh, okay. And so she just totally got rid of the business and thought, you know, I really want to put my heart into helping raise my granddaughter yeah. with these with these special needs, she and her husband. And uh, so Lifeway approached me about a cookbook because I put all these recipes in my Bible studies. Yeah. All, every all of your year. Bible yeah. studies have recipes. And, it's yeah. so, and the only reason was because that's how we started. Yeah. I was trying to get people to do the study and I had to cook for them, for them to help <laughs> me. And then I started getting emails like, yeah, so the Bible study was great, but how much cilantro do I put in that, right, you know? And right. so then we were like, okay, wow, this is taking on its own life. Yes. So when Lifeway said, hey, do you want to do a true proper cookbook? Like not a devotional, not a Bible study, a yeah. cookbook. I took five or six of my favorite cookbooks and I got in the car and I drove to Regina Pinto's house and I walked oh, wow. in and I threw them down on her coffee table and I said, we're doing a cookbook together because I need a chef. Yeah. I'm a cook. Right. I'm not a chef. I can't do a cookbook, you know? Uh And and so um, she reluctantly, only because, you know, she's very self-deprecating, but she agreed. And uh, we did this whole partnership and we shot the whole thing in town. We went to a studio on the east side of Nashville. We had a a food stylist and oh a photographer. And Did they do had, all sorts of tricks on the food? Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. And 90 recipes. So Regina's oh back gracious. there cooking these recipes. And you you can only get, like on an aggressive day, you can get about seven shots a day. Yeah. So you've For got seven nine. different recipes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh and so we... That does feel aggressive to do. That's a lot of cooking. It was so much cooking, but it's also the food styling. Yeah. And uh, so we had this woman named Teresa Blackburn who was like the food stylist in town. She's uh-huh. probably, I think she's almost 70. Like I want to be Teresa when yeah. I'm her. And has stuff from all over the world, napkins, plates, cutlery, the whole thing, and comes with like a garage full. Oh, she brings oh, all she that. Oh, she brings all Oh, that's Annie. so cool. It is the craziest experience. Putting a cookbook together, by the way, is no <laughs> Yeah. Small. Oh my gosh. We were... All of us were like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah. And then we shot for like nine days. And it, honestly, it was the most fun for me because I did nothing. Yeah. I showed up. <laughs> I got this really nice cup of coffee and I walked around and I was like, yeah, that looks great. Yeah, I love that napkin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Regina, that tastes fantastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had a great, wonderful ph- photographer here locally. So she cooked every recipe. Every recipe and had a had a chef that was helping her. Now, some of the recipes you didn't have to cook all the way because, again, we're not eating this, most right. of it. It's just being shot. Some of it, it, yeah, it was really interesting to even the food stylist. Like we did this one pizza and my brother makes his own dough and all this. And she goes, yeah, he makes his own dough. I'm sure it's beautiful. You go down to Kroger yeah. and you get this thing and I can make it look more artisan than an oh, actual wow. artisan 
Yeah. Th- so things like that. that yeah, because like, they have all sorts of tricks. They've got all these tricks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's pretty cool. It was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. My favorite section of the cookbook, I think I'm going to say this right, is a modern day potluck. A modern day oh, church yeah, yeah, potluck. Oh, yeah, yeah. The new church, uh, the new church potluck. New church yes, potluck. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, will you just tell that story a little <laughs> yeah. bit of what, why you put included that section? Well, you know, I don't know. Do You you grew up in the church, right, yes. Annie? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, you grow up, if you, if you grew up in the church, it's like the casseroles yep. and the fluorescent lighting and you're in the fellowship hall and there's jello. Everybody's got their name taped to the bottom of their Tupperware. Absolutely yep. they do. Yep. And there's tons of mac and cheese and the 100%. whole nine yards and all that stuff. And so I thought, okay, the church potluck, we still got to do this, right? Because this is what, so much of my life was formed within community in those spaces. And right. so like, we, we still get together and we still eat, but we we've done it. We do it a little differently now. Yeah. And we've, we've raised the bar a bit, you know, yeah. we've, we've moved on from poppy seed There's chicken and gluten free people and dairy free yeah, people and exactly. allergies. And, yeah. and like, Oh, I don't, I don't really do sugar anymore, you know, right. whatever. And so we, uh, Regina came up and, uh, with, with just a whole bunch of really cool, like charcuterie boards and different, different things, like almost like tapas and tastings uh-huh. that you could bring to a church potluck. Right. Uh, that would be maybe just slightly more modern, but without losing all the fellowship and all the things that made this special in the first place for us. Because let's be honest, it, the the frozen lasagnas got us a long way because of the women that were in the room and the men that were in the room that were speaking life into us, you know? So Um, why, when you're starting to write these recipes, I mean, you bring all these cookbooks and you can't just go, okay, let's take that one out of that cookbook. Right. Right. But, but you have to go, okay, I also love stuffed peppers. So let me look at every stuffed pepper recipe. Uh Is that how it goes? Well, you know, I think, yeah, I think that probably could be how it goes. Uh, We did a little bit of that. I, but Regina, because she has that chef background, she knows everything that substitutes and all. So I would say, Hey, I love stuffed peppers because that's what we would eat in Brazil so much Uh and it's healthy and it's fun. So, what what's your favorite stuffed pepper? And then Got she it. would just kind of go off and do it. Yeah. So, uh, w- but we did labor over the recipes for months did and you? months. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they were like ninety, and that's it. Yeah, that probably yeah. Because we had yes, because we had to shoot all of them, and it was so the book was getting thick, and so. <laughs> but uh, but Regina says she has three hundred that she's already saved more. So yeah. hopefully we'll get another chance to do and another one. And she had so many uh, dessert recipes yeah. from all of her years. But yes, especially with pastas and stuff yeah. and chicken dishes. I mean, what hasn't been done? Yeah. I don't know that there's necessarily anything new under the sun. Yeah. But she was able to very easily make things and her own and. I said, okay, I love a bolognese sauce. Mm-hmm. I love a, I want a great bolognese sauce. And then she goes, okay, great. I got one. I studied in Italy, yeah. you know, and then she would come up with stuff. So uh, how did your own garden play into it? Uh, well, a, a decent amount because I was able to do some, uh, we, we did about nine sections, I think, of uh-huh. like gardening and cooking tips and tricks. Yes. So I was the able canning. just to share. I read all about canning. Yeah. I was like, why do I not can? We, I can tell you 18 reasons. Pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a garden. <laughs> yeah. I don't spend time in my kitchen. Yeah, Those it's, are all the, but, it's a whole big thing. But, but you're right. You're, I think the little call out said, can tomatoes in... July, so you can eat them. It, so you have them in your sauce in February. Exactly. Can raspberries in June, so you can put them on your toast in March. Exactly. It's that whole concept. Is your every time you crack open something that you can, you're cracking open 
that month of flavor yeah. in the middle of when nothing is growing yes. and you're not happy. You Should know? we be and canning again? Should everybody be doing it again? Absolutely. Okay. Now, did I do it this summer? No, because I didn't have the time. But yes, no, it was it's a Sabbath. great thing. It was your Sabbath it was, summer it was supposed in to be your garden and you didn't yeah. even know. I know. Oh, shoot. <laughs> but yeah, we're supposed to... I, I, I do love it. It's therapeutic and it's the best tasting stuff. It's therapeutic. It is so... Oh, very That's cathartic. You're getting to work with your mm-hmm. hands. So yeah, I talk a lot about the garden yeah. and just just even having an herb garden yeah. is a life changer. You know, we had a chef on this summer, Chef Corey Barrett from Food Network. He won the so spring um, cooking championship. I literally wow. tweeted him and was like, "I love that show so much. Is there any chance you'd get on the phone with me?" He was so kind, and he did it. Yeah, he was so kind about it. He, he was like, totally was the best. But one That's of the things awesome. we talked about is I said, you know how they always say food is medicine, and he said. Actually, cooking is medicine. Mm. And I was like, wow. Corey Barrett, I will quote you forever. That is Does so that feel great. true to you that cooking feels like medicine? Absolutely. Really? It's my favorite activity, hands down. Really? It is on a weekend. If I have a weekend at home and I know that there are a few people like my family or friends that want to come over, that time to go prepare, get the ingredients and cook them, I, I, I totally agree with him. And I wish I had thought of that quote because yeah. it's so <laughs> life-giving. And now if I'm rushed or harried, that's a little bit different. But when right. I have the time, it is so life-giving for me. Yeah, that's yeah. how I would feel about canning, I think. You would absolutely. And it, it just kind of gets cathartic. Cathartic? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's, it's because you're working with your hands and you're doing a lot of the same motions over and over and over with canning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then you get them all in the pressure cooker yeah. and then they they begin to you know secure their lids after you get them out. It's kind of fun. You get them all out on the table and all of a sudden you'll hear one be like, make this little like popping noise and uh-huh. you're like, oh, that one's that one's sealed. <laughs> there they go. It's sealed. Yeah. There they go. Yeah, they have this own thing. And then you pop them in their, your pantry and then it is so such a seasonal thing because then you get into January and February where you know where it gets dark at 3.30 in the afternoon here, here. Yeah. and nothing's fresh at the grocery store right. and all that, and you open one of those up, and it not only does it remind you of the time that you gathered it and canned it, but it reminds you that that time is coming again. Oh, And wow. so you're, look, you're looking back and you're looking forward. Yes. Uh, really. And this is something that people have been doing forever. Yeah. You know? That's so spiritual. So it is. It's like I, a... a, a an Ebenezer Stone in the middle of your In the middle waiting. of the year. Yeah, you're looking back, thanking God for his vision. You're looking forward, knowing that a new season's coming. And that's the other thing I love about gardening and cooking is that it is very seasonal for me. Yeah. And granted, there are times you go to the grocery store and you buy an apple in the middle of March or something where it doesn't, is not its season. And it came yeah. from you know, Zanzibar or something. Right, 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 right. But you know how it is. You drive around and you see the peach truck or... Yeah. And it it tastes so wonderful and you get that special thing in that month mm-hmm. of that year. And it just, it really, really ties me to the seasons of that the Lord has given us on a spiritual yeah. level too. Yeah. I went to buy cherries last week and Ugh. I put it on the, um, I just learned to eat cherries this summer. I had never tried a real one until mother's day. Wow. And we were at a picnic Annie. with a bunch of families. And when the mom's like, do you want cherry? I was like, I don't like them. And then she's like, I don't think you've tried. And then I tried one. I was like, my gosh. And so I ate them all summer, but I put it on the scale uh, to pay for it. And it was $10. And I was like, oh, I won't eat these again until next spring. Right. Until they're back in season. Yeah. And and Uh I want to be more thoughtful and seasonal in my eating. Yes. And it really makes a difference. We're supposed to learn something about 
it, not having everything we want whenever we want it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And obviously, you know, living in the United States of America with grocery stores everywhere, we don't always live by that principle, but mm-hmm. where we can employ it, it is so special. And the summer is very special for me yeah. because of the tomatoes and the squash and the zucchini and the cucumbers and all of those things that I know these taste so good right now and uh-huh. so fresh. But even getting into the fall, you have all of your squashes and I can do lettuce again yeah, uh, and, and uh, spinach and stuff. And then you get into like February and you can start to plant your peas and beans and those kinds of things that can handle the cold a little bit more. Uh, okay. And even that, you go out and it seems so bleak, but you're like, I'm putting this in the ground and by April, yeah. these are going to be dripping with beautiful peas, pods yeah. and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, tell me why a cookbook, what is God, like what's your God hope? around a cookbook because you have such intention with Bible studies. You know what God's going to do with Bible studies or what you hope he does. What does that feel like for a cookbook? Yeah. Well, the real reason I wanted to do it, because you know this, at this point in life, you just have to be so intentional with everything you do. Otherwise, you're just off on rabbit trails. In the cookbook, I wasn't sure for a minute if it was going to be a rabbit trail, but I really felt like it could run parallel to my ministry as writing Bible studies and as teaching. Because it's so community oriented, and I feel like there's such an interest right now, especially in the younger generation, with wanting to be able to garden or cook yes. or putting a meal together, and there's a lot of excitement there. And I thought, Lord, is this a way, is this a really uh, warm, engaging way that I can reach out to the younger generation and yeah. those who are coming up behind me who may not be ready for First, second, and third John Bible study. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but they might go, hey, but I can make that two day turkey soup, you yes, know, yes. And, and a way to engage them where they are yeah. because they may not come to me, but if I can go to them with a cookbook. Yep. And so, yeah, so it just, it, it really does seem like it runs parallel. What a great, like, when I'm thinking about Christmas gifts of people mm. who maybe don't believe everything we believe. Yeah. And I mean, because then it, for those of us who are Christians, giving gifts, to non-believers, yes. to hand them your Nehemiah study right. is a little bit of a, a stretch for someone who's just asking very starting questions. Exactly. But you hand them a cookbook yes. that has good essays in it and mm-hmm. stories in it mm-hmm. and great recipes. And then they know Kelly Minter's name and then, and then, and then. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for putting it so so clearly that way because that really is the hope. And even like yeah. this neighbor that I talked about, you know, I... Could I go to her with my new Joseph study and say, yeah. hey, here's a Bible study on the life of Joseph, and he went through hard times, and you're going through hard times, so maybe. Well, maybe, but it's so much more disarming to say, hey, I just I got this little cookbook. I wrote it yeah. with my friend Regina, and just thought it might be encouraging yeah. for you, and just a lot more disarming. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's really, that's my, that is my whole goal and intention, is to connect connect with people who might be on the out and not just the younger generation, anyone who might sit outside of the edges of being a Jesus follower, or maybe even just right on inside on the edges and haven't gotten to those, to those uh, places of of full discipleship. I just think it's a, it's an open door. Yes. Maybe it's the back door. Yes. I love it. I am a, something we talk about a lot in our office is where our spot is in Mm. that circle you described. Yes. And it is, let me be at the gate. Mm. Let me, cause I'm never going to be the, I, I don't think I'll be like a, a Jimmy Fallon where a ton of people in the world know me, but if they're close enough that I can yell yes. and they can hear me, yes, I want them to walk toward me. See, and that's what you're, you're so gifted and well, so in well, the right place. Well, you're the same. I mean, but, that's, that's what your cookbook's going to do is it's the one that stands on the edge and yells out and anybody who's standing close enough mm, to hear 
mm. can walk toward. I hope so. You know? Because I do find myself a lot of times in those places of, you know, those deeper Bible study places, yeah. which is great if people are there with yeah. you. But if they haven't gotten there with yeah. you and if they're not coming, then you've got to go to them yeah. in a different way. So what's that look like even for those of us who aren't writing books like that, but we don't have any friends who don't believe in Jesus? We don't know anybody, or the couple we know, we aren't really, we see them when we drop our kids off at school, or we see the same people on the street, uh, like living in our neighborhood. How do you do that with your life? How do you bring people into your life? Well, that's what I love. That Again, that's what I love about cooking and entertaining is because you can just invite people over, over. have them over or go meet them for some, you know, and again, it's just, I have a couple people on my street right now that I don't know all that well. One who is really, really sick and one who is going through a really hard time. And I'm praying and asking the Lord, like, Lord, what are my entry points? How do I bring the kingdom of heaven that Jesus talks about and that Matthew quotes 33 times in Matthew? How do I bring the kingdom of heaven to these people? people. And I can bring it to them in some ways, you know, dropping off flowers or just sending a note, but I can also bring them in and and having people at my table. And so I, yeah. And and Annie, I'm trying to be more intentional about that too, because it it is hard when a lot of your work is in church. Yes. Uh, But I am grateful too, that the church though, even today, at least at least I know the ones we go to yeah. are becoming places that are more inviting where yep. people on the fringes maybe or outside are walking in and they yeah. feel like they can. Yeah. And so that's pretty cool too. I just am picturing in my head writing on a piece of paper, like I'm, I'm going to do it tonight. Like, am I bringing the kingdom of heaven and just mm-hmm. taping it on the back of my front door mm-hmm. so that every time I walk out, I go, Kelly asked me, Am I bringing the kingdom of heaven today? Mm. Two of my neighbors have moved out. And so in my little area of my condos, there are two empty ones. And every time I see the little lock box on the door, I'm like, okay, Jesus, either I don't know who you're going to put in these, Uh but I'd love for you to bring people who don't know you. Yeah. Wow. That'd be really fun. Wow. Or my husband, whatever. Either Either one. one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or you can fill that gap. Yeah. 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 Uh Whatever gap you want to fill here, Uh Lord. No, but I'm like, I, I, we just can't ignore who we live around. Yeah. And I think looking for those points of heart of hardship in people's life because yeah. everybody has them and mm-hmm. and we think that people have it all together but they may have a hard marriage or they may have a child that's struggling or they may have a financial issue or they may have a sick yeah. parent and just asking questions like you know yesterday yes. I met this neighbor and I, I asked just a few questions and I finally got to okay uh, actually things are really hard right now and wow. then, and then, how the do you know to keep going open. on the questions? I didn't, but I, the Holy Spirit, I mean, I really, the Holy Spirit, just because when I saw her, I thought, oh, I need to go say hi. And, and I, even that is hearing the Lord right there it just, for you. Even, yes, yes. And it wasn't even anything. I, I mean, I was telling my friends about it. I said, I was almost like the Holy Spirit picked me up and ran me across the street, and I didn't feel anything weird. <laughs> I felt nothing strange. Yeah. But looking back on it, I thought, that was outside of my normal comfort zone because I like people I know. Yeah. And to go up and then it was, it was, yeah, no, looking back, it was absolutely him. Yeah. Just that I kept asking a couple questions and yes. then he brought, the Lord brought it to me. And then there it is. And now I'm praying. And I told this person and I don't, I, I know she's not a believer in Jesus. And I just said, I am going to be praying for you. And I mean that. Mm-hmm. I am going to be, and I have been, and I will, Yes, and I will keep tangibly following up, and I'm asking the Lord for more opportunities. I think if we just ask Him for opportunities, we're not going to have to go far. Because and he then says, trust your gut when you feel something. And trust your gut. And, yeah. you know, He He says in, um, in, in Matthew 9, Jesus turns to His disciples and says, the harvest is plentiful, 
pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out laborers, right? So that tells me that we do not have a harvest problem. Mm. We have a worker problem. So we always think, oh, people just aren't interested in Jesus, or I don't know, the har- there just doesn't seem to be much of like an interest or whatever. But Jesus already said that the harvest was ripe. Yeah. So the harvest is like crushing it. <laughs> the problem is that we're the workers yes. that are going to just be out, yeah. you know, with bringing the kingdom of God through the power of Jesus. That's exciting to me right now. Mm-hmm. And Annie, just to be honest, as much as I do this kind of work out and about, it is, it's somewhat a little bit new for me to be doing it like in my neighborhood on the ground. Same. I know. And uh, that's, that is a conviction for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking the Lord to change that. Yeah. I, when I walk around my neighborhood, I'm, I have started saying to the Lord, okay, if you, if, if there's people you want me to talk to, I'm here. Yeah. Like I kind of just want to be at home and be quiet uh-huh. and like be at a retreat center in my home. Yes. But I also recognize you moved me into a place with a lot of people. Uh-huh. So let's so do go. it. Yeah. I'm open. Yes. But and I if, still didn't talk to anybody at the pool last weekend. But I was like, I just can't know, with y'all. I need know. y'all to just all be y'all and let me <laughs> just, just be me. Just I just need, just, need a minute. <laughs> yeah. I totally get it. And that's why being intentional for the times that you know you can do something yeah. and having people over yeah. or whatever. And that's what we do. We do. A friend of mine does a brunch on Sundays, not every week, but like once a month. And the the unspoken is always anybody, any human you run into on your way here is invited. Like she always makes enough food and it's always open door. And just things like that make, you know, and even today I was working, a neighbor came in, said, Hey, I saw your car was here. Just wanted to just (laughs) plopped right down. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of editing. (laughs) And you know what? She's in between jobs and asked me just, talked about the struggle and yeah. I got to pray with her. And it's those things where I have to stop myself and go, okay, I have a deadline, but this is more important. That's right. And just being available. Because yeah. everything in me was sort of like, huh, oh, I got to get this thing done. Right. But then it was like, the Lord's <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't bring her by accidentally. That's right. You know, she's just, not a distraction. No, no, <laughs> right. she's the priority. This is why That's we right. do what we do. That's right. And, and she's worth that. And mm-hmm. it was awesome. And, yeah. you know, so anyway. Okay, well, before we go, Kelly, that we have to talk about the Joseph study. I would love it. It just came out. It did. You just it like just pumping out. out books, girl. No, it was a mistake to try to do two <laughs> things at the same. Yeah, a cookbook and a Bible study. You have to understand. Like, I'm like deep into all this stuff in Genesis yeah. and the covenant and the patriarchs. And then the next email that comes in my box is like, now how much, you know, chocolate are we putting into this tort? And I'm like this <laughs> note to self, do not do these two things That's at the right. same time. But yeah, it's called finding God faithful. And it is just on the life of Joseph, uh, Genesis oh, 37 through 50. So it was really fun to be able to take Such one a character, dive. a deep dive. And I loved it. And you see, you know, his brokenness of family, um, his having to forgive his brothers, uh, betrayal, uh, trusting God when it looks like you are going in the exact opposite direction of his will. Yeah. I mean, when he's headed to Egypt, he could not have felt anything, but this has to be 100% counter right. to God's will. And it right. wasn't. He was right exactly on the track God had him on. I think there's so much that's really tangible for anybody who's going through a hard time yeah. or even those for those who are prospering right now because Joseph had to rule in, or excuse me, he had to, to follow Christ in the hard times and he had to follow, well, I guess Christ wasn't technically, <laughs> he had to follow God in the hard times and he had to, right. he had to follow him in the prosperous times mm. too. So you really get both Joseph in the worst of times and in the best of times being faithful. And, but ultimately we see the overarching covenant, God's covenant that started with Abraham, that, that is run 
all the way to Jesus. And Joseph was just really this tiny part of it. And it was so freeing to realize that really all of us are just playing this one part in the grand narrative of God's faithfulness to us. What's the nugget that happened when you were studying it that you went, I cannot believe I have never seen this before? Did you Um, have a moment like that? I think probably uh, when he's in the pit and the uh, cupbearer, finally, finally, uh, Joseph just really lays his heart out. And he's like, look, I got thrown in here. It was unjust. I didn't do anything wrong. And when you get out of here, please tell Pharaoh about me and get me out of here. And one or two verses later, uh, it says, and the chief cupbearer forgot him. I know. (laughs) And your heart just sinks. And it's another two years until Joseph gets out. And it reminded me that um, no one's failure, uh, you know, people who fail us can't prevent God's plan for Come us. On. That's right. You know, and that's the thing. I kind of had that moment, like people who fail us cannot prevent God's plan for us. And God used that. We find it out later in the Psalms, but God used that time in the pit to refine and purify Joseph and prepare him and make him fit for the dreams that yeah. he had for him. Yeah. So it was like those dreams that he got when he was 17, God was going to accomplish that. Yeah. That was already done, but he had to make Joseph ready for that. Yes. And so that was good for me to yeah, be reminded of. I love Joseph. Oh, it's incredible. He's one of my very favorites. I just yes. think I, I can't, he's one of the ones, like if I could make a list of who I want to talk to when we get to heaven that I don't already know, not, not someone I love on earth. Yeah. He's near the top. Cause I want to be like, how many days of those two years did you think you were never going to get rescued? Oh. And, and, and the first two weeks you had to think mm-hmm. any minute now, right? Any minute now, God, he's, he, they're just going to come for me. And then they just never do. Right. Right. I just think, man, I want to, I want to hear him tell me that two years. Yeah. Well, and it was like so, so interesting because Spurgeon says that there is a delivering word and a trying word. And he said, we always want the delivering word. Mm. Um, and he said, but Joseph had the trying word for two years until he had the delivering word. Yeah. And he said, but if you can surrender yourself to the trying word, eventually the delivering word is, is going to come. And okay. uh, we need so, to do the study. I know. Okay. Come on, Spurgeon. I mean, I mean dropping the lines, you know. So. Okay. So uh, cookbook and Joseph study, both are available right now for everybody. Yes. I love it. Yeah, thank you so. for doing all that work, Kelly. What a gift you're giving the rest of us oh, to do all you. that. That is really kind of you. Well, thank so, you for letting me talk about it. Oh this my gosh, so of fun. course. I, this is one of my favorite things <laughs> I get to do. Yeah. Um, okay. The last question we always ask, Okay. because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Yeah. Tell oh, me no. what you do for fun. You said, oh, no. I knew it because I knew. I know. I know. I was so, because, and I'm like, you know, I feel like maybe this is bad, but I feel like ones don't have a lot of fun, but because we're just too serious. And, uh, you know, but anyway, what do I do for fun? Okay. I love, I love in the fall a good college football game. Who's your team? Oklahoma? Oh, no, no. I'm an I'm just an SEC. Like I'm okay, just great. A, I just like the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I, I love great. I just love it. And I you know, my grandfather went to Alabama, so I was okay. kind of grown up on that, but I know people hate probably hate if I say I love Alabama. No, but you're just, allowed I just to love, love the whole thing. Georgia, yes. Clemson, whatever. And then I'm a big Tennessee Titans fan. Okay. And I mean, come on. So. Oh, I saw you walking through the airport on Bethany oh, Bordeaux's Insta you know. story. You were walking through the airport Sunday holding your phone, Titans. The phone, the <laughs> first game, and we were like forty five minutes in the air while it was going off. It about had a heart attack. So I would say like cooking, having people over and having a football game. That's super fun. I love hiking and walking and neighborhoods. I love to go to, you know, when, when, when I feel like, okay, I can spend the money. I love going to a really nice restaurant in town because I love food. Um, so those are the things I do. What's your top spot? No budget. There's someone has gifted you a gift card and you can eat wherever you want in Nashville. Okay. Margo's. 
Margo, uh-huh, really? Uh-huh. Over in East Nashville? Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't been there in so long. Yeah, she's still like queen in my book. Yes. She still kind of rocks it. And then I would say Josephine. I really yes. love Josephine. Yes, I, I love Josephine. Uh, chicken for two. Yeah. Oh, listen, steak and fries. So great. Oh, yeah. The, I can't yeah. get away from uh-huh. the steak and fries. Yes. I'll like read the rest of the menu. I'm like, Annie, pick some. Steak frites. Yeah. I'm doing it again. <laughs> I can't help frites. it. It's just so good. <laughs> That's awesome. I know um, exactly. Yes. Well, I love you, friend. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank really you. Really grateful. Annie. Oh, friends, don't you love her? She's just so smart. There's just so much to her. That is one of my favorite things about Kelly is there's just so many sides to her and so many things she cares about and so many things she's good at. Ugh. So if you get a chance to see her live to do her Bible studies, I think you're just going to love, love, love her. Make sure you grab a copy of her new book, A Place at the Table, as you head into the fall, head into the holidays when we're doing a lot more cooking for family. I think this will be a great part of your life, a place at the table. Hey, make sure you follow Kelly on all social media places. Tell her thanks for being on the show and how much this episode has meant to you. If you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs, F as in food, because we're talking food today. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. Hey, if you enjoy talking about food and recipes, we've got a couple of episodes back there that I think you'll enjoy. There's Danielle Walker. There's Simone Kigueba. There's Chef Corey Barrett. There's a recent one with Melissa de Arabian. We've got a couple of chefs in our past and a couple coming in the future that I think you're really going to enjoy that are also cookbook authors. So if this was a sweet spot for you, I got some others back there for you. You should go check out. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. We'll see you back here on Thursday. See you then.